0: You are a Locked On
1: Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Your team every day.
0: And welcome into the Braves postcast, part of the all new Locked On Sports Atlanta. I'm Grant McCauley. He is Jake Mastriani, and we come to you. In the aftermath of a very frustrating loss for the Atlanta Braves, perhaps their most frustrating of the season because this was quite simply a winnable game, and that did not happen for the Braves. And as a result, they lost a winnable series to the Los Angeles Dodgers after a 5-3 defeat in 11 innings. As always, we want to remind you to subscribe to the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta YouTube page. Enable those alerts so you'll get notifications whenever we drop a new episode. And make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcasts. Jake, as we both sat there for nearly four and a half hours thinking, how did we get here? The Los Angeles Dodgers figured it was a good time to go ahead and sneak out of town with a series victory. This was a night of, uh, of what ifs and of just missed opportunities, I would say more than anything.
1: Yeah, it's frustrating, but you know, as I kind of tweeted out after the game, i'm not getting hung up on this one there's a couple of plays there at the end of that game that just went the dodgers way i mean a couple of balls that tip off the gloves of of some corner infielders for the braves so i mean a a very winnable game for them yes it's frustrating especially you got one out to get in the ninth inning and you don't come up with a win and then losing extras was the braves do regularly in extra innings with the new rule but it's frustrating but there was so many good things for the braves in this game that i think you can take away with going forward Uh, That I'm not really getting hung up on this one. Yeah, it hurts, but uh, I thought there were some really positives for uh, good positives for this Braves in this game.
0: Yeah, I would agree that there were some positives in it. Obviously, the loss kind of takes the the edge off or the shine off of some of those. And I'm sure for fans, you know, the most frustrating because you were an out away, in fact, a strike away from winning this game, and it just did go the Dodgers' way. A hit over the head of Matt Olson off his glove, a leaping play, and that allowed the game to get tied up send us to extras and then another just bizarre play off the glove of austin riley that it's it's one you had to go for i mean i know the broadcast talked about maybe that ball is going to go foul but a big league third baseman is not going to wait to see if maybe the ball goes foul when it gets by him he's going to try to make a play and like you said, it just was the, the Dodgers' day in that regard. So as we look into this one, as we always do, we'll go inside the line score and the box score for that matter to get you caught up on what was game number 74 for the Braves and the finale of a three game series against the Dodgers. And LA improves to 45 and 26. Five runs, 12 hits an error, 12 men left aboard. Braves now 42 and 32. Three runs, eight hits, no errors, twelve men left. Craig Kimbrell picks up the win. He is now one and three. Darren O'Day takes the loss. He is 1-2. and Bruce Dargratterall slammed the door for his first save. Game lasted four hours, 23 minutes. Good crowd, 42,217 were on hand to see it. No home runs in this game, Jake, and the big reason why was we saw the starting pitchers, and we were hoping for a good starting pitching matchup, and Spencer Strider more than delivered on his half of that, and Tony Gonsolin of the Dodgers was pitching well into the middle frames, and we kind of got what we expected if you looked at the marquee for this Sunday Night Battle.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Look, Tony Gonson's a, a serious NLCI young contender. And, you know, I heard a lot of talk in this game with the Braves, you know, not doing enough, breaking it over with running as a scoring position. They were going up against one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. So certainly understandable. I thought they actually did a good job of working him there in that sixth inning and getting him out of the game. Uh, I think more so the problem was they didn't get to the, the bullpen once he left uh, yeah. enough to, to kind of add on there. But I thought they had some great at-bats against him. And like I said, we're able to to get him out of there. But Spencer Strider, that is the takeaway for me in this game. Like I said, I thought there were a lot of positives in Spencer Strider, by far the biggest one for me in this game. And we were talking about what was he going to do, you know, his last outing a little bit rough. The velocity was there, and I don't know if this was intentional or not. I hope it was. If it is, I think this is a big step forward for Spencer Strider. But you saw him earlier in in at-bats, 96, 97, 98. But then with two strikes or in a big situation that's when you saw him hitting 100 and you know if that's something that he can learn to do to kind of i want to say throttle it back when you're throwing 97 98 but you know if you can do that and then just have 100 in your back pocket whenever you need it that is certainly huge but the fastball velocity overall was right back to where it has been at 98 miles per hour with his season or yeah season average so 16 swings and misses uh just a great A great start for Spencer Strider against a Dodgers lineup who I know is banged up and missing some key pieces, but still they have professional at-bats up and down their lineup as we saw late in this game. Um, So a very impressive outing for Spencer Strider. And I love the emotion of him coming off the mound in that sixth inning, getting out of that jam, Snicker leaving him out there to get out of that jam. I thought was huge confidence for him as well. So I I love this outing for Spencer Strider. It's why I'm trying not to think too much about the loss just because of what this could potentially mean for him going forward
0: yeah it's a big step forward and if you worried about or wondered about if the dodgers were going to put on a professional at bat well we saw that we got a reminder you always get a reminder from this club spencer's line in this one though they'll be remembering this six innings of shutout ball five hits no walks seven strikeouts as jake mentioned the velocity there when he needed it pounded the strike zone and i feel like to to your point you know brian snicker allowing him to pitch through that trouble in the sixth inning When I talked about after the last start, when he didn't last as long as he would have liked to against San Francisco, ran into consistent trouble and hit the showers early, there are lessons of all different shapes and sizes. And that was some big boy work from Spencer Strider in that sixth inning. And yeah, the emotion, he earned that after getting out of that jam without allowing a run to the Dodgers in that sixth and final frame for him. A top-flight performance from the Braves' fifth starter and big to be able to bounce back from the last start. We'll talk a little bit about the Braves' offense and the lack of offense later in the game in just a moment. Before we do, though, I want to let you know, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. You can find the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including all the MLB action and the latest fighting news from MMA to UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Uh, Braves' offense had done, I felt like, enough. And you put the ball in the hand of your closer, who had looked absolutely dominant the night before and blowing away his old team. Kinley Jansen gets right out there, strikes out the first two men, and then runs into ninth inning trouble. That's not something you see too terribly often from just about any closer to get to, you know, knocking on the door of ending this game. But if there's a club that knows Kinley Jansen, it is probably the Los Angeles Dodgers, as he gave up a multitude of hits with two outs. And next thing you knew, the Braves were having to play on into the bottom of the ninth inning. And ultimately, it got all the way into the 11th. And just one of those nights where it felt like the Braves had almost sewn this thing up, but the Dodgers said, Hey, not quite.
1: Yeah. And then we talk about it, and you heard Eduardo Perez say it at least 15 times. It is a game of inches yes. and They're certainly down
0: and circled here. <laughs> yeah.
1: And it certainly was in that inning. You you talk about the ball that Trace Thompson hit. He didn't even know where it went. It was oh. so far off the end of his bat. I mean, if it's just half an inch over, it's strike three and the game's over. And instead it goes to first base where a little bit of a questionable either you're in the shift I get it but why do you keep pitching him away and why is Matt Olson so far in on that play that I don't understand but either way it goes off the glove of Matt Olson, and then I'm gonna go back to Jansen but going back to the extra innings, Freddie Friedman had the, uh, the double to start the 10th that ball landed on the white line and then yep. again we talked about the ball that, that austin riley went off his glove so just so many plays in this game is why i'm not really getting hung up, hung up on it that could have gone the braves way this game could have been over could have won but yeah going back to jansen i mean the biggest thing there is just in the dodgers like you said know him better than anyone he can't hold on runners and chris taylor just taking second base with no resistance at all comes back to bite the Braves there because Trace Thompson does get that ball right yep. over Matt Olson and, and Taylor's able to score easy to second. And that really hurt the Braves.
0: Yeah. And it's one of those nights and one of those plays where sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, because as you pointed out, Trace Thompson did not aim the ball over towards first base. He had no idea where that thing was. I mean, I watched it and I thought he put it in play. What is he doing? And <laughs> then I realized what had happened. And I guess the Braves realized what had happened is the ball got over the leaping Matt Olson. And, Next thing you knew, this game was all tied up. But it's just one of those nights where you and and Kinley Jansen knows this as well, or better than anybody. You have to be able to have a short memory as a high leverage reliever and a closer. And I'm sure he will uh, look to employ that himself. And for the Braves, I mean, there haven't been too many of these in recent memory for this club. There might have been a few of these kinds of losses, the frustrating type, over the course of April and into May. But in June. The Braves have done a good job of avoiding these kinds of losses and of bouncing back when they do run into a speed bump here or there, and that's going to be the job as they get set to head up to Philadelphia. As far as the Braves' run scoring in this game, you know, it was a, a limited amount of that, but Marcelo Zuna, again, with an RBI single in the sixth inning, broke the scoreless tie. Austin Riley had the sack fly in the ninth inning. Matt Olson had the RBI double uh, in the tenth inning. There were some things that went right. You know, as you looked up and down, multi-hit game for Michael Harris again. And how about the running catches by this kid? I mean, this game. I mean, it, it didn't have to be five to three. It could have been eight or nine to three if if Michael Harris does not run down some of the baseballs that he did. Maybe not nine to three, but you know what I mean. It could have been worse than it was if Michael Harris doesn't make a couple catches, because then who knows? Maybe it does open the floodgates, and there's a five or six run inning as a result.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was one of the positives I had written down to take away out of this game. Just there there was the one ball, I forget who hit it, that was in right center, like right in front of the wall. And I thought, oh, that's it. That might be gone or it's off the wall. And somehow he tracked it down and you had the play coming in against Turner in in the ninth inning to end that inning or else they they would have won it in, in regular um, nine innings so I mean there were just so many big catches plays by him that were just so exciting makes you just even more excited to watch him going forward but yeah Ozuna back-to-back games with a big hit Riley I thought had a big sack fly after falling behind in that count to mm-hmm. take a go to pitch you know away and drive it into center field for a big sack fly there and a big add-on run Olsen coming through with a big clutch hit I think that I thought that was huge for him in that 10th inning to tie it back up so uh, I don't want to hang on this too much, but the umpire in this game, a little bit of questionable calls, kind of That's both true. ways. Um, he was giving off the plate away to righties, and then all of a sudden it wasn't there later in the game. And there mm-hmm. were two at-bats in particular, one with Matt Olson should have been ball four and should have could have been another run in that inning because they ended up scoring in that one. And then a, an at-bat for Dansby after Michael Harris shoots the ball through, where Dansby had no chance in the at-bat. There were two pitches way off the plate that weren't even close and Dansby strikes out on three pitches and you take the bat out of our best hitter. So again, I'm not trying to say that blew the game, but it was just something that I noticed in this when the umpire just a little bit inconsistent behind the plate in some key moments in that one. Uh, a couple other takeaway for me is Mentor nice bounce back game for him. I thought he was really great in the eighth inning. So that was big as well.
0: Well, and I think all of those, Jake, we may may need to create it. It can be the Braves postcast uh, comment box. And as far as umpiring is concerned, yeah, I'm going to leave one in the comment box as well. It it was not consistent. Yes, both sides have to deal with it at times, but it's the fact that it's just selectively applied and you don't know when it's going to happen, but it always seems to have a way of happening at the times in which you can either least afford it or just weren't expecting it. Uh, but that is the nature of the beast, I guess. As long as we're going to stick with this and allow these kinds of nights and these kinds of things to continue happening, and I'm going to put my soapbox and the comment box <laughs> away, and uh, and and also throw out there that Atlanta, with this loss, does drop to two and five on the season. in extras Braves overall, you know, 42 and 32, 10 games over 500. They've really turned their season around here as we head into the final series of the month of June. If you're looking at the standings heading into the off day on Monday. The Mets lost on Sunday, so you kind of lost the opportunity to win the series and win this game, but also to pick up a game on the New York Mets, who maintain a five-game lead over the Braves in the NL East. Uh, Let's take a look at what's going on for the Braves as they head out on the road. After an off day on Monday, they'll roll into Philadelphia on Tuesday. They have not yet announced a starter, at least they had not, before this four-and-a-half-hour marathon game. Uh, but it'll be Zach Wheeler who's been announced for the Philadelphia Phillies to start. He is six and four with a 2.77. He'd get game one on Tuesday. I believe it's Charlie Morton's day to pitch on Tuesday. If in fact that does play out, we'll see if the Braves have uh, announced that sometime soon, or if that happens on the off day, or just in case they wait till Tuesday. Either way, we won't solve that mystery here tonight. But Zach Wheeler's been a mystery to hitters over the past couple of years, and he's putting up another great season, Jake.
1: Yeah. And the Phillies are hot, uh, went out to San Diego and had a really good series and they just lost Bryce Harper as well. I yep. uh, hate to see that for him. Uh, a lot of, a lot of up and in pitches had that, that- We had some disgruntled players over the weekend, a brawl out there in Seattle and L.A. as well as Mike Trout uh, took one up in the eyes and was not happy about that. So hate that for the Phillies, hate that for Bryce Harper, but that'll be a big note going into that series, which is going to be a big series. The Braves, an opportunity to try to create some distance between them and Philadelphia, who's right on their heels.
0: As I mentioned, Zach Wheeler, a sub-3 ERA, 6-4 and his record. The Phillies' rotation boasts two of the better starters in the National League, and, of course, they're both in the National League East as they pitch for Philadelphia because that's how geography works because you've also got Aaron Nola on the staff. So if you're looking for reasons why the Phillies have gotten hot here in the month of June and have been on a run akin to what the Atlanta Braves have been on, You can point at their starting pitching staff for making some big contributions to that, and the Braves will see Zach Wheeler in the opener of the series. Bryce Harper, though, who knows? His season may be over with a fractured thumb. He also has been dealing with that UCL injury. I don't know if this would change the timetable of maybe getting that examined or looked at or getting that surgery, but we'll find out. I think if Bryce Harper sees a door for a time to play again this season, he's probably not going to close it, at least in the initial uh, aftermath of this injury, but for the Phillies, They're going to have to figure out a way to deal without the reigning National League MVP and a guy who arguably, or at least statistically speaking, was having a better year this year than he had last year when he won the MVP. So that's how things look. But it's going to wait a day because Tuesday is game one. Braves are off on Monday after concluding this three-game series against the Dodgers. It'll be 7.05 p.m. Eastern time at Citizens Bank Park as the Braves and Phillies open up that series. And we close out the month of June as well. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Braves Postcast, part of the all new locked on sports Atlanta. Uh, make sure you subscribe here to the YouTube channel and subscribe to locked on Braves, wherever you get your podcast. And as always, I'm Grant McCauley. He's Jake Mastriani. We wish we had better news for this particular one, but unfortunately the Braves come up short in extra innings five, three, the Dodgers take it and the Dodgers take the series and they put a bow on what was an emotional weekend at Truist park for Freddie Freeman and company and Uh, We will turn the page on that. He will hopefully turn the page on all of those emotions and get back to playing some baseball, and we'll be doing it after the off day on Monday. Thanks for joining us tonight. We look forward to catching you soon for another edition of the Braves Postcast. Until then, so long, everyone.